I started the recording, so hopefully <laughs> no more mouth noises from me. <laughs> your mom writes books! Listen to your heart as you tune into your mom writes books. I'm Caitlin McFarland. And I'm Charlie Ann Holmberg. And today we have a definitely not outlined podcast based on some rants we had with each other on Facebook. Hooray. (laughs) The whole reason this podcast exists is so that we can share with you our Facebook rants to each other. Yes. (laughs) So we're just going to read them. Just kidding. We're not. But where (laughs) this started is um so i i am the catalyst for this rant unfortunately where it started is actually for our first episode in season four uh your mom can story anything where me and caitlin had to make up a story with prompts that you guys submitted to us and we hadn't really prepared characters so i just used random character tables to figure out who our characters were going to be And I wanted to have an age gap because for some reason, that's just one of my id things. I just love age gaps in fiction. I can't tell you why me and my husband in real life are 11 days apart. Oh, and but let me tell you really quick, though, Charlie, you're not alone because at the job that I do, they're really into like chasing whatever trend is popular right now. Mm -hmm. Age gaps is currently on the list. I'm just going to go ahead and blame Pedro Pascal, the internet's daddy. Um, <laughs> Listen, the, the other day, Jordan, because like he, he was just on SNL and Jordan was making me watch some of it. And he's like, oh if God. you had to choose, who would you choose, Jason Momoa or Pedro Pascal? And I was like, mm. in which context? Because <laughs> I was like, listen, I'm just going to go to a janitor closet and bang one of them. I'm going to pick Jason Momoa, but if I'm going to marry one, I would pick Pedro Pascal. <laughs> I don't know. I might pick Pedro Pascal for both. Like, (laughs) I cannot lie. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I just wanted you to know that you're not alone. So carry on. We're going to talk about it Mm -hmm. and why taken in. So age gaps are cool. We're not shaming anybody who likes an age gap. But we are going to talk about, in certain cases, how it can be not maybe the best. Yeah. So. And so, and I am actually, because I re, when I re-listened to it, I was actually a little embarrassed by this. So I'm just going to point it out. So I decided my character was like, what, 56 years old. And then Caitlin said, well, I don't want that big of an age gap. So my character, and she was playing the woman, I was playing the man, is going to be 45. And mm. I was like, no, you have to make her younger. I want a big age gap. So the the first thing we're going to talk about is why, right? Anyway, so later, mm-hmm. I was playing D&D with um, my friend, who also is my assistant, who was also being poached by Dragonsteel. Thanks, Brandon. Um, and her husband, who is my- Thanks, Brandon, for taking Christy from us. Yes. Her husband's my dungeon master. And also, she's editing uh, my dragon books. We keep it in the family. Yeah, we do. <laughs> There are three of us and four with Andy, and that's all we need, I guess. I don't know. Continue. (laughs) So I messaged Caitlin to be snarky, and I was like, well, well, Christy and her husband are 11 years apart. And we just started talking about this, and it's like about how like Mm. real life age gaps, because again, this is something that I love in fiction, but I don't necessarily live in real life. And that's just how my brain works. Like I love stoic edgelords in my fiction in real life. I would be like, get a job and move on. And so we started talking about this and I was just like, oh my gosh, the reason I like age gaps is totally a result of the patriarchy, but I can't turn it off. Anyway, (laughs) we're going to talk about it. (laughs) And so, okay. Okay. It's okay. And and I do want to reiterate again, like Charlie said, we have friends who have, like, my grandparents were, I mean, this was a different time, I guess, but they were both, like, a decade apart in age. Like, we are not shaming people who have large age no. gaps in their relationships. Every person is different. Every relationship is different. But we do want to talk about the prevalence of young women and older men in 
fiction and in media. Specifically, because when I say, oh, I love age gaps, it's my id thing. It is an older man and a younger woman. Like, it doesn't tickle my fancy the same way if it's an older woman and a younger man. And I'm like, why? And the only thing I can think of is that I've been, like, unknowingly conditioned to think that that's hot. Like, how Leonardo DiCaprio won't date anyone over 21 or whatever that joke is. Like, Oh, my gosh. Wait. Speaking of this, (laughs) listen, speaking of this and Pedro Pascal, I saw... TikTok could have lied to me. I literally saw a TikTok that showed Pedro Pascal and his co-star um, in The Last of Us. And I can't mm-hmm. remember their name, but they were also in Game of Thrones um, and kicked butt. And they showed Leonardo DiCaprio and his new girlfriend. Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, so like in The Last of Us, it's specifically about a father-daughter-esque relationship as these people travel across. Like mm-hmm. it's a video game. It's got an amazing story. If you can handle zombie stuff, like it's very violent. And it's on HBO Max. It's coming out. So if you like that kind of thing, and, and like, again, it's mature, rated, whatever, like, be aware of that if you want to consume that content. But it's about a father-daughter relationship specifically. Leonardo DiCaprio and his new girlfriend have one year more difference in age than Pedro Pascal and his co-star. That's hot. I'm just kidding. No, it's yucky. But like, we're taught that that's okay. But then, it, like, if you hear about big, big age gap like that, where the woman's the older one, it's like, why? Like, ew. And it's like, why? Yeah, because because then we recognize how predatory it is or can be. Yeah, and so it's just really funny that it's like, but like that's absolutely ingrained to me because I'm like, like I said, I can't turn that off. That's like an id thing for me in novels. And then it made me start thinking about why the lack of older female characters, not just in books, but in Hollywood, period. Like a woman hits 40 Mm -hmm. and unless she can pull a Sandra Bullock and still look like she's 30, like she Mm -hmm. doesn't have a job anymore because people aren't casting those middle-aged characters. Everybody wants the young, hot thing. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things that, I specifically was like, this is why it bugs me because it contributes to the erasure of women over the age of, you said 40, I'm going to say 30. Mm. Like, people act like women over the age of 30 do not exist. They act like once women's, oh, daddies are so popular. Like, okay, said Pedro Pascal's the internet. We're going to talk about Pedro Pascal this podcast (laughs) (laughs) because he's the Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got like Baby Yoda or whatever. And then he's got this, he d- is doing this Last of Us gig. And it's also like a very fatherly thing. Age gaps are huge right now. Like there's a big thing. And I do think there's this whole thing where it's like everyone loves a dad. Everyone loves a story about a dad traveling with a kid and like saving these kids, these Pedro Pascal stories. But like, women i cannot see the truth or the the not the i cannot see the the flip side being true where a story about a woman doing the same thing would be and especially a woman who's because in last of us pedro pascal's 56 i believe he said a couple of times oh um the actor is younger but the character is 56 and oh yeah um he's 47 so yes but the character is 56 and so I just can't see a story about a 56-year-old woman helping a 14-year-old boy travel across post-apocalyptic America during the zombie apocalypse, like, being a thing, I guess, that is anywhere near this popular. Why is it not a thing? Like, why can my brain not go there? And what's so interesting, too, is that um, I was reading this memoir. It's called Excuse Me While I Disappear, and it's by Lori Notaro. And Mm -hmm. it's about her aging up, and she decided to go gray. I think she's in her 50s, but um, she decided to go gray and stop dyeing her hair. And everybody's telling her, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But she does it anyway. Her mom and all of her friends or whatever hate it. And then Mm -hmm. she says, I became invisible. And she's so funny about how she says it. She's like, nobody notices me anymore. Nobody talks to me anymore. It's like, I am invisible because, you know, when a woman gets old in our society they they no longer have value which is is incredibly disappointing but she's like shoplifting she's like i she very obviously shoplifted and no one stopped her because she's invisible and i thought it was so funny we should also say this is she also white yes she is so we will say that she yeah i believe she is white because i remember looking her up because i wanted to see what she looked like and i'm pretty sure that she was white or she's not she's white passing 
Um, yeah. But yeah, and so it's just it's just so so interesting about that. She about how she became invisible, and she just starts doing all this like awful stuff, but she doesn't get caught because nobody like looks twice at her. And I just so it's so interesting to me that this is where it goes. And like I was telling Caitlin on it on a separate same week of Facebook rants, but a separate rant that I used to truly believe that if I had too many female characters in a book, it wouldn't be a good book because all the fiction I've been reading and granted, I read a ton of epic fantasy. So adult epic fantasy is what I was reading, but like there weren't, there were never female characters in it or there'd be like one token female character. And I genuinely believe without second guessing it ever that that's how my books had to be. It took me forever to be like, oh, I could have, I can have my protagonist be female over and over and over again. But even that being said, even now, when I picture a character, almost always they're male in my mind first. I always have to stop and be like, wait, it's okay if the guard's a woman, wait. It's okay if the ruler is a queen. Wait, it's okay if they're worshiping a goddess, you know? And now I'm like, wait, Mm -hmm. this character doesn't have to be 30. They can be 60, you know? Because now I'm starting to do it with age. But I always have to stop myself and think, wait, you know? Because I look at some of my books, for example, uh, my Numina series, 95% of the characters in that series are male. Even though there's Mm -hmm. two characters, one's male, one's female. But the majority of those characters are male. Even the demon that possesses the female's body is male. They're just male, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I had my friend Kristen Dawson, who's an indie author, if you guys want to check her out, was talking about how she would, I don't know, she maths things and would figure out what percentage of characters in books, at least in her books, how many females she had and how many males. And she would always try to make it equal. And it would feel like there are way too many women in the book, but there weren't. It was just equal. And it's crazy. It's crazy to think about that. Yes. And of course, you know, we're we're women, so we are going to address this from, like, our experience. And we know there's also a lack of representation when it comes to people who identify as, like, non-binary and trans and all of that stuff, too. So that's not even beginning to touch on that. Oh, yeah. Not even beginning. So we're just going to specifically address, you know, what our experience is. But, like, I mean, I think that... I kind of am same where it's like you default to these like and we're I think you're specifically and you can correct me if I'm wrong but I think you are specifically talking about like background characters or, like tertiary characters. I'm talking about it's both like, main characters and background characters. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cuz I often would default to like when I was first writing and stuff um having background and tertiary characters be men. And I don't think I do that as much anymore specifically because I'm contrary mm-hmm. and angry all the time. And so I <laughs> rebelled against that early. Um, <laughs> but like at the same time, there's a lack of language to describe, especially. And so again, you know, we're going to talk about fantasy and specfic, right? So like in fantasy, you're often describing like soldiers and you're mm-hmm. often describing like guards and these people. And, and so it can be hard to kind of sometimes find the language to address mixed like gender troops or background characters because a lot of times you know it'll be like oh my men the king's men you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like my it's such a and, and I will say like you know like soldiers or something but to find those gender neutral terms did take me like one more second of effort you know yeah. not a ton but like one more second of effort sometimes when I'm typing than it is to just be like my men because that's how they're referred to in mm-hmm. fantasy and that's like the accepted language of fantasy and so when you say something else it almost stands out and it, you have that risk of like pulling readers out of the story because you're using non-standard language for things and so which isn't like that's not a huge deal it's not whatever but it is a present thing so I just wanted to say that but like yeah it's something that you know it does take conscious effort on my part and Charlie's part we're both women mm-hmm. <laughs> you know to do these things and um I don't know I do think you'll get a lot of people being like well this isn't a problem just because you haven't noticed it doesn't mean it's not a problem. It's interesting because I think about um, The Wheel of Time, which I do love. I will never reread it, but I do love The Wheel of Time. And while I uh, question the way that Robert Jordan portrays his women, 
he did something that nobody else had done where like the powerful characters were women and where the dominant characters were women. I mean, I guess the main, main characters were still all men, right? You have Perrin, Rand, and Matt, but there are so many female characters in that book and so many female characters over the age of 40. Now, granted, and you can take Mm -hmm. this either as a good thing or a bad thing, most of the female characters over the age of 40 were Aes Sedai, so they're magic users, but they have this magical thing that makes them look ageless. So again, it kind Mm -hmm. of is going back to that whole, oh, because if you age out, then you're not important anymore if you have a vagina. Um, (laughs) Well, and I can, I have specific memories of him describing the Queen of Andor, and she was older, but like, he went on and on about how mature she was, mm-hmm. how beautiful she was. She had aged into her beauty. Yes. And like, I don't know, but like, you know, you can't, you can visualize that however you want. You can visualize it, but like, and that's the thing is like, how is he visualizing that? No one really knows. But like, you don't necessarily have to say that she was conventionally attractive just because she was being described as beautiful. Mm-hmm. She could still, you know, and yeah. so that's kind of the thing with books. It's like, I don't know. You know, just because somebody's described as conventionally attractive doesn't mean that the author necessarily did a bad thing because, you know, yeah. I'm rambling. I'm having a rambly day. I'm sorry, you guys. No, I love your rambling. Almost as much as I love your yelling. <laughs> um, is she the one that makes <laughs> Matt wear lace sleeves? And she's like... <laughs> because that was, a, that was an age gap. There was an age gap romance in there, and I think it was her, where she's notably older than Matt, but she just kind of like keeps him around as like her sex kitten and he's like i hate this oh. but secretly he likes it no you're thinking of the um so there's people who this shanchan who come from across the sea it's not the shanchan because that's who he ends up with ultimately but for a while he's if, just yeah. being kept by this older ruler woman Oh, I don't know if that's the Queen of Andor or not. Her, I can't remember her name. Um, but I don't think that I don't remember. I honestly read The Wheel of Time in high school and mm. have never been able to find the the um <laughs> wherewithal to go back and reread it to finish it. So I've never read the Brandon Sanderson one. Oh, that's funny. This didn't happen in the Brandon Sanderson stuff. This was in Robert Jordan, but yeah, it's oh, yeah. been a while. It's been yeah. a while, right? My dad, my dad is reading those right now, and he keeps going. Why is there so much stuff happening that has nothing to do with the main plot? <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, it's the Wheel you don't of have time. to read book eight. You can just skip it. Okay. Oh my gosh. Anyways, uh, the Wheel of Time. But yeah, so it's it's really interesting, and I and we are seeing the evolution of more female characters being included in, especially again in epic fantasy. Because again, this is what I read for the longest time. I would read exclusively epic fantasy and outside of the love interests, all of the women characters would be either like barmaids or sex workers, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's gosh. I, um, like, I like, there are just some series that I liked as a kid that when I go back to read them, I go, uh, (laughs) <laughs> no, you can't. There are there are certain, some things I've read when I was younger, like The Wheel of Time, that I will not read again because I enjoyed it so much when I read it, and I fear that if I were to read it now, I wouldn't enjoy it the same way, and it would ruin it for me. And I'd ra- really just rather have those those nice cozy feelings. Yeah, you know? and I should say too, like we're not. We know that we're not like spearheading the revolution here. Plenty oh, of no. people are this talking is not a about hot take. And, no, no, no. I want to say, doesn't N.K. Jemison have a book that's about an older woman? Wasn't one of her books about an older woman? Fifth season? The fifth season? Yes, the fifth season. Mm -hmm. So it's it's interesting. It's about three women. You have a child. You have someone who I think is like in her late 20s. And you have somebody who I believe is in her 40s. And the twist in that one is really, really great, guys. If you want a fantastic read you should read the fifth season by nk jemison it is an epic Mm -hmm. fantasy it's women written it's also nk jemison is a person of color as well Mm -hmm. read it everything she touches is great obviously my favorite is still the hundred thousand kingdoms oh my gosh um but i know that's your favorite (laughs) but uh so we've mentioned before that a lot of women, both readers and writers, get relegated to young adult, the young adult audience, young adult genre, whatever it is you want to call that. Yes. I have seen women who absolutely, they write adult characters or they write adult themes and they will be called young adult. I was listening to a podcast the other day where somebody was talking about The Bird and the Sword by Amy Harmon and called it a young adult. It's not. It's an adult. Um, a lot of my books 
Talk about yourself now. Yeah, do it. The majority of my <laughs> books are adult. The YA books I do have are considered YA crossover, uh, where the characters are, I think the youngest I have is, is Smitha and Followed by Frost, and she's 17, but she's 21 at the time that the book ends. Anyway, but I write lots of adult books, and they get relegated to young adult too. Um, Star Mother, granted, the main character starts at age 19, so technically she's a teen, but Star Mother is, is themes of parenthood and motherhood and still gets relegated to young adult. That's one of the reasons why in Starfather and in the Wimbrel House series, I'm writing characters in their 30s, because I feel like once they're that mm-hmm. old, you can't call it young adult anymore. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing, like, you can't as, you know, you cannot, you literally cannot write a female character and be a female author and be considered an adult fantasy mm-hmm. writer unless your character is over 30. Like, there are female fantasy authors out there, and you'll notice that, like, a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them have male main characters mm-hmm. like if they're shelved in adult fantasy it's because they wrote a male main character not all yeah. again like nk jemison's a perfect example like but even i sometimes was like oh is this way or not like i was reading i read gideon the ninth um by tamson mirror and i was like well these are adult themes but i assume that this is a ya book <laughs> which was like on me again like we're not perfect yeah and then that book is also like um like if you want to just have your mind screwed over like it's it's crazy i i really like those books that's a really good point though because it makes me think of jeff wheeler again another fantastic fantasy writer a lot of his books feature very young female protagonists like as young as 13 years old female protagonists and he would Mm -hmm. never be relegated to young adult never Mm -hmm. yep so that's really interesting that that you say that anyway so a lot of people read YA because if they want a faster paced novel, because again, we're talking about epic fantasy, those are very big, slow books. So if people want a faster paced novel in fantasy, that's high fantasy, especially uh, they have to read YA or sometimes people, they want to read uh, a cleaner with quotation marks fantasy. And so they go to YA too, because until Sarah Mass mm-hmm. broke it, there were certain guidelines you so, have to follow I'm young like, adult in the fiction i will i will say there are some adult fantasy adult fantasy is some somewhat trying starting to catch on like i read kings of the wild it's wild with a y uh i can't remember who the author is um kings of the wild it was really fun it's very dnd esque it's like these old old dudes get the band back together and like have to go on one last adventure mm-hmm. um i will say though and i had fun with that one um it is exceedingly fat phobic that book mm, it is yeah. insane how fat phobic that author is so that's i guess the warning for that one um <laughs> but other than that was fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> also not great with the female representation uh no no women who aren't daughters or mothers or former love interests or just crazy so <laughs> yeah so what's interesting and like i've heard rumors about how like because like we have this huge ya trend where just ya is selling like hotcakes and every all these ya authors are debut debuting and why 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 it's hard to say a lot mm. and then mm-hmm. I was telling Caitlin how interesting it is that, so my first, at the time I'm recording this, my first Wimbrel House book has come out. The main characters are 31 and 34 and, she, and she's older. Thank you. That's a slight age gap. <laughs> One of the biggest comments that I have gotten from readers who enjoy the books is that it's so refreshing to have characters in their 30s, which is so funny because it's not even 40s, mm-hmm. 50s, 60s, or 70s because, you know, people exist at those ages. But it's just so refreshing to have characters in their 30s because everybody writes teens, everybody or in like 20s. And I just thought that was mm-hmm. so interesting. And then Caitlin said something, you said something that was really interesting about this because like you said, millennials are the original young adult audience. And as we're getting older, we want mm-hmm. our books to get older with us. Yes. However, because we made YA such a big thing, the publishing industry is like, no, this is what people want, only YA. And they have just ignored the fact that women who are the bulk of the YA audience, um, actually do want their characters to age with them. Like, we cannot, it's, we can't read books about 17-year-olds forever. Like, I don't, and, you know, when we were in our 20s, 
it was like, okay, yeah, okay. But like, I'm approaching 40, like I'm 37. I no longer want anything to do yes. with teenagers, <laughs> not even if they are secretly, secretly women my own age dressed up in teenager mm -hmm. bodies, which is like what a lot of YA yes. is. And you can tell that like YA wants to address these adult themes. Like you can tell the authors, I should say, you can tell the authors, they want to address adult themes. They want to have darkness in their books. They want to have sex and spice and all that stuff in their books like book talk has shown mm -hmm. me and that's the other thing too is like once again we're not spearheading this like there are those books out there they exist but they almost are uniformly indie published because publishers won't publish the them. genre that seems to do the best selling indie is romance who predominantly reads romance women <laughs> and so i want to read a romantic fantasy novel oh but i don't want to read about a 17 year old <laughs> Where do I go? All of those books are being independently sold by indie authors. I'm not finding them at Barnes and Noble mm -hmm. because they there's if you're writing about female characters who are older than 19 having adventures, and you're also female. <laughs> and you're also female and they're having adventures and it's not taking five books for them to open a door then you're YA you know and it's and it's it's so freaking frustrating and there's such a push for a, such a long time to get new adult books, which people were just saying was YA with sex, but really what it was, it's like, it's just fast paced adult novels. Well, what, what new adult is and when new adult sells them and people put books in new adult categories, they are college aged. Like they didn't want to give us, and they didn't even want to do that. Like, you know, like we mm -hmm. have heard so many people in the industry say like new adults, not a thing. Um, yes. Because they didn't even want to give us college-aged women. They just wanted us to keep yeah. reading and writing about teenagers. And here's the other thing. Like like I said, I'm 37. I'm not dead, you guys. I Surprise. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I – my daughter is a teenager. My daughter is turning 16 this year. She – like, though – like, I don't, those are children. If you have children, you know that teenagers are fully children unless they've been through significant trauma, in which case we should not give them romance. We should get them therapy. Like, yes, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> slight, slight tangent, somewhat related. I was watching, sometimes guys, when I'm on the treadmill, I need to be distracted. I watch trash TV. Okay. <laughs> sometimes it just happens. And this is, the epitome of trash TV is Million Dollar Matchmaker. Oh my god! On Hulu. It's so, it's so trash TV. But there was this guy on there, and they usually have really stuck up people because it's all about, like, you get a millionaire and you find them a date. And this guy, he's 38 years old. Jill is a little older than Caitlin. <laughs> I'm turning 35 this year, in case you guys were wondering. Yeah. <laughs> There's an age gap between me and Charlie. <laughs> yeah. He would not, he would Leonardo DiCaprio, and he would not date a woman over 30 he's like it's the blood ooh. doesn't flow for anyone over 30 which i'm like you're gross ooh, first ooh. of all okay and we need to talk about that too but you finish your story and then we'll talk about the yeah. thing but yeah he would he would only date young women and patty who is also very crazy who's <laughs> like <laughs> the matchmaker in the show is like no you have to date women your age you like and giving him all these reasons and all these things and she's like tell me something that's in pop cu pop culture for that generation that you want to date and he couldn't he's like it doesn't matter as long as there's a connection but all he would talk about is how the woman looks anyway anyway so like when they go to set him up on on these this like mingle he has to go to a mingle and every single woman there is over the age of 30 except for one who's a plant and she's 22 which is interesting i actually thought she looked older than 22 but he goes like straight to her and of course that's who he chooses for his date and he says on this date to her he's like that the reason this is what he says it's obviously because he he talks about he objectifies them like crazy. So you know the real reason. But he says he doesn't date women over 30 because he doesn't want to deal with all their emotional baggage because at that point they have emotional baggage. And why would you date that person? And what I really loved is at the end, the 22-year-old, they usually don't do this. They had the date come in to tell him she didn't want to go out with him again. And they usually don't do it that way. Mm -hmm. And she said, if you're not willing to take on the baggage, what's the point of being in a relationship? If you're not yes. willing to get to know that person. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this 22 year old is so much more mature than you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. But this is so great because this will, 
lead us into some really interesting trends that are going on in like society as a whole right now. But I first want to, and I want to talk about that, but like, I want to talk about this study and sorry, you guys, this is like tangentially related to writing, but like it all comes back to the treatment of women in fiction and mm-hmm. how if we want to see better treatment of women, I will just say this right now, fiction and the media are things that can cause people to empathize and and they often like begin revolutions and begin people being understood more and being viewed differently. And, you know, so if you want to see change in the real world, like write change into your fiction. Anyways, so this study was done on a dating app and I cannot remember which one it was. It was one of the big ones. So there there have been two that I know of. One of them took a very small sample size and so didn't really wasn't really useless in the end. But this second one studied basically the preferences between men and women. And so like they would take your age and then they would look at how old the person was that you matched with. And with women, it showed that and it went from the age of like 20 to 50 or 20 to 60. One of those two I mean, it might have been 20 to 50. And so with women, what it showed was when women are younger, like in their 20s up through about 45, they actually prefer to date men who are about two years older than them, which tracks. I always like, mm-hmm. I was always looking at dudes who are two years older than me. My husband <laughs> is two and a half years older than me, like tracks, right? Mm-hmm. When, when women get to be about 40, 45, they start to look at partners who are like their age up to two years or three years younger than them. But that's the biggest the gap ever gets is like two or three years. And, and when they're looking younger, that's as large as it gets. Men consistently no matter how old they got and again this study at least went up to 50 never deviated from preferring women who were 20 21 or 22 never they never deviated and here's what's so interesting about what you said with a millionaire matchmaker thing like there is there are a couple of reasons that i could see for men actually wanting to date women who are that much younger than them. First, emotional baggage. I'm sorry, do you mean a personality? Do you mean a maturity? Do you mean do you mean <laughs> no like offense to our 20-year-old listeners? No, yeah, no, sorry. 20-year-old listeners, this is like I'm old. I'm when I was 21, like I wouldn't have had the wherewithal necessarily. And like props to, you know, people who are younger than me if they do. So this is just me. I can like you don't know, or I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted, and I could not have had I been in a re- relationship with somebody who was significantly older than me. And I'm talking like 15 years. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. not even talking about 10 year age gaps. You know, I'm not even talking. I'm talking like, and of course, once you kind of hit 30 or 35, it kind of stops. It does kind of like it stops mattering as much because you're like your brain first of all doesn't even stop mat- or yeah stop maturing until you are 25. Right. Yeah. So that's when you are actually literally a fully formed human being. Um, even though you know, again, not to, I'm not minimalizing people who are under that age. I'm just saying, like, you are still flexible. You're still learning. You're still, and you're still learning how to work within the power structures of society. Right. This is such a hard conversation to have because I really don't want to offend anybody. But like, I'm also like so interested by these nuances and stuff where it's like these men want to date specifically women in their young 20s or it's like I could not have and I got married when I was 21 okay and and that's where I should tell you guys this too I got married when I was 21 and had my first kid at 22 because it was a cultural norm mm-hmm. um, for the religion I practiced at the time and um looking back I'm like wow I was I was not ready. I did not know what I was getting into. I did it because people told me to. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get, you know, obviously I wouldn't change it now, but like that doesn't mean that it was necessarily the right choice. And I skipped my 20s, you guys. I didn't have 20s because I was having babies. I fully did mm-hmm. not have my 20s. So one of the reasons that, you know, is because women are easier to deal with because they baggage is like decided tastes and the ability to be like, mm, that's great that you want, you know, chicken for dinner every single night, but I am going to make beef because that's what I want tonight. And like, sorry, honey. And you know, younger. But really, though, you make so much more of a spine. Like, I have so much more. I have so much more of a spine now than I did then. Yeah. You know, and like, if I was dating like a very aggressive guy back, like when I was twenty, it would have been harder to deal with. It would have been harder to. Yeah, I wouldn't have known what to do. I would just be quiet and be like, okay. And I remember being so terrified. And again, I think the younger generation is doing better with this, so much better than we did. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. was so terrified of being alone. And never Mm -hmm. finding someone. And this is something I think women are 
doing now, which is, again, like a thing I kind of wanted to address, like women are no longer as afraid of that. And what is happening as a result is there's all these studies coming out saying like men aren't having sex as much. What's happening? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and it's like, well, because women are getting so tired of this nonsense that they're like, we're just not like, we don't need this. And like, we've realized like, we don't need it. And we're like, I'm just gonna be by myself. And so it's like, you used to have to have like, literally my grandmother and even my mom, I mean, she was a child in the 1970s, but in the 70s, women, it was in the 70s that women in America could open their own bank accounts. Are you serious? Yes. Women in America could not have their own bank account until the 1970s. And so we literally needed men, right? Mm -hmm. Literally needed them to live a life, a functional life in society because we couldn't have certain things without them. Not anymore. And especially now that women are working, like you don't have to, and men are having this problem where they can't find women to date them because they're not likable. And they're like, well, I work. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. You have to have a personality that I enjoy too. Yeah. <laughs> you have to treat me nice. You have to be a bonus. You know, you don't have to, you have to be like a, a bonus to my life. You have to add to it, not just like be in it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyways, I've gone way off. And it's not to say that those, that, that those men don't exist, but. Oh yeah. No, like my husband adds to my life, you know, and the male friends, the male friends that I have that I choose to hang out with are like they add to their partner's lives. Yeah. Because they're <laughs> not not losers. <laughs> no, they're good guys. <laughs> um, and so, you know, they are they definitely exist. I know multiple awesome dudes, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I've just talked to myself way down an alley and I don't know. I've no, lost you're good. <laughs> you're good. Basically, it's like in the end, and again, this is something that I am still struggling to do. So I've been published for I mean, we're coming up on a decade, right? And I and I am a yeah. woman. Mm-hmm. I am still struggling mm-hmm. to include a full spectrum of women in my books, right? And so that's something I have to mentally think about doing. And I think it's something that mm-hmm. we all need to think about doing. And and you know what? It actually just randomly makes me think about Shannon Hale. And she will give this keynote about how she would go to do school visits. And she wrote these Princess Academy books. And she had schools that would only send girls mm. to go to her, um, not what's it called? Assembly. Only, only the girls would go to her assembly. Yeah. And she would say, where are the boys? But because she wrote girl books, only the girls would go. Because she was a woman writing girl books. Because like if somebody came who wrote, quote, boy books, the whole school would go. Because we've also made it like socially acceptable for women to act masculine, but it's not acceptable for for men to act feminine. And we just have to erase these lines. Well, and and like I said earlier, like when you include these things in your fiction and when you when you teach boys that it's okay to read about girls, they then are more likely to view women as people, treat them better, and not grow up to be these sad single lonely men who don't have personalities just jobs and so like that's you know it's female representation in fiction is important to me like and of course i am a writer so this is the world i'm in but to me i'm like it's important for the state of society as a whole um (laughs) because the more that women write authentic fiction about women and the more that men read it the more we'll all be viewed as human (laughs) You know, and I mean, there is a, you know, I hear the argument a lot like people are people, but these divides exist. They exist. They are real. And if you can't like, again, like if you don't see it, it's just because you haven't noticed it doesn't mean it's not a problem. Right. Like just because you haven't lived that experience doesn't mean that other people have not. Wait, what did I say? Help. Just because you haven't lived that experience doesn't mean that other people haven't. Right. That's (laughs) okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if there were books like because we talk about fantasy all the time? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a world where fantasy was a thing? Listen, fantasy kind of is a thing, and it completely stars lesbians, and it, it does exist. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, sapphic fiction and romance is in fantasy is becoming a huge, huge thing, and like I think that's amazing. I being personally like a boring straight woman would like to see straight women also be empowered in the same way that I see people empowering lesbians because I think that's awesome. 
<laughs> but like maybe it's out there and I just don't see it. I'm sorry. Like I don't know if I if that was a, a thing I shouldn't have said. But um, like I'm thinking because like Prior of the Orange Tree, right? That's a sapphic romance. I've been reading um, uh, uh, Foundry Side, and I know that's got sapphic romance. I've been reading oh the unspoken name, and that's a sapphic romance. And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just the books I've been reading lately. But like. You know, I would like to see all different kinds of women kicking butt. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that makes me, you know, going back to Robert Jordan, because I said, like, he tends to write all of his women. They're all angry, <laughs> all very angry and aggressive. But then I wonder. That's why I related to them so well. Yes. I wonder <laughs> if he wasn't trying to, you know, make all these women the same character, make them all one dimensional. I wonder if he was just trying to make all the women in his book strong. And that was the best way he knew how to do it. That doesn't mean like he did it correctly, but he was doing it a whole heck of a lot more than anybody else was. Well, I think that like there were so like, I think of like Patricia C. Reedy and oh, the Pern books. Who wrote the Pern books? Help me. Anne McCaffrey. Those did star, generally speaking, women in their 20s Mm -hmm. but i we can't completely discount the female writers of yesteryear it's not like they didn't exist and so i don't want to give robert jordan too much credit to be honest because those books to me did exist well i know but for a man who was writing fantasy in the 90s he was trying harder than most men writing fantasy in the 90s agree agree i believe i agree with that from from where i stand now and the knowledge that i have I agree Mm -hmm. with that. And because like those women do exist, but they were still so few and far between because Mm -hmm. of publishers and what they would choose to put out. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's all interconnected. And I do think this is important thing for us to just like know is there and like be mindful of when we write our books because and again and if you are of a demographic that is not necessarily women but like you know i don't know it's just kind of that like this is like a raw raw be the change you want to see episode i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> because which like i don't you know go in for <laughs> i'm salty i'm a salty person um but like i you know i spent my whole life mostly around women having relationships like all my friends were always female when I was up through college and even up until my adult life like I really just now in my D&D group have good dude friends Mm -hmm. and I had a few in college but like not a ton and we're worth talking about we're worth exploring we're nuanced and when we get old we don't just die when we turn 30 we still exist Mm -hmm. and my life is still here and it's still worth talking about my experiences are worth talking about you know my experiences like as a woman like my experiences as a mom my experiences whatever you know in whatever capacity and you know and we should say too our experiences are not just limited to motherhood yeah (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, like, I just like us, and I want to see us celebrated in all of the beautiful shades and varieties and shapes and whatever that, like, dudes are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) So, yeah, write the book you want to write, include a full spectrum. Also, did I ever tell you why I like Swiss cheese so much? Because it has aged gap. Oh my god. That's pretty good. No. Oh my god. Why is it happening? It's part of our brand. No, that was a good one. Anyway, um, if you like this podcast, please uh, leave us a review or a rating. Tell your friends. Follow us. Subscribe. Also, if you would like to donate to our podcast, you can do so at charlieandholmberg.com slash podcast. You can also go to our Instagram at your mom writes books and there is a link in our bio and we are so so grateful for everybody who is helping us feed Andy the podcast gremlin. In fact, feed the gremlin. While we were recorded, we got a donation. So thank you, Melanie. <laughs> thank you. You should. You need to put a graphic on your page, like a crooked little sign, like it's hanging off the search bar or something that says "Feed the Gremlin." <laughs> <laughs> so most most of the time now, Andy will also be the one who's putting stuff on the social media. Andy, you should just have like. <laughs> Like the top half of your face peeking over the picture and everything you post. <laughs> it's just like your eyes. 
<laughs> and it's the podcast gremlin. Oh my gosh. Anyway, we update every Tuesday, unless we're not. But if we're in a current season, we update every Tuesday. Ooh. What? Ooh. I have a thing now. What's your thing? I have a store up and running again. Na 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 na. Yeah. And I'm still messing with it. So I don't know how it's going to work. <laughs> but it's a it's a new, it's Shopify. And it's called Witch of the Weald. And Weald is Old English for Deep Woods. And that's where I live. <laughs> and so it's Witch, W-I-T-C-H, of the w-e-a-l-d dot com which of the wield and um i'm like messing around with like some printify stuff so like notebooks and mugs and it's still like there's D stuff but there's some writer stuff too like i made a shirt that says always plotting and i like it mm-hmm. and um so i'm just kind of like i am a, an incessant crafter i can't stop myself and so uh, I'm just gonna make stuff and put it on there, and it's so it's gonna be dice bags, handstand bracelets, resin stuff, um, and then printify designs that probably will like have some writerly stuff as well as D and D based stuff. So if you want to check that out, it it exists. Yay! Also, we have release dates for Caitlin's books. <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> Soul of Smoke, the reprint of Soul of Smoke, will be on may 9th that's when it's releasing book two is on june 6th which is is the anniversary of my graduation from high school and uh truth of the embers will be on 7-11 so treat yourself to a book and a slushy i'm charlie Ann holmberg i'm the author of the paper magician series the spellbreaker series uh i'm looking at myself like what did i write the wimbrel house series the star mother series and a smattering of oh numina series and a smattering of standalones my 20th novel comes out on april 11th and that is air of uncertain magic yay and it is book two in the wimbrel house series which hopefully i will have more information about soon hooray thank you guys for tuning in thank you especially if you are a man slash don't identify as a woman we appreciate your patience we appreciate you getting this far into this episode oh my gosh (laughs) thank you for listening we'll talk to you next week goodbye